1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, bringing you the latest buzz and updates from our beloved Prairie View A&M University, featuring your fellow PV Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time swag champ Gati Rima, former drum major and HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and give us five stars and follow us on social media at Panthers underscore 1876. Welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We are here the weekend after Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. First of all, I want to thank all of our listeners for making 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast in the feed spot top 35 sports and culture podcasts that are out there. So we made the top 35. How about that? Uh, what we some stats? Yeah. Hey. Wow, that's incredible. Nice. Yeah. Talking about stats. <laughs> that's a data point. That's a data point. That's a data point. <laughs> man, 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 I should I should have copyrighted that stuff. Hey man, <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah, it's out there now. <laughs> so we had we had a rough one yesterday, but uh, it was Senior Day. And there's probably some explanation for why we had a rough day. But uh, let's talk about some of these guys who are going to be uh, leaving the program after this year because they will have graduated out. Yeah, man, it was a, a, a good crop of seniors. There were quite a few who I think who are very impactful that are going to be tough to replace. We could start with the quarterback, Juwan Pass. I've always been a Trazon Conley fan, so I feel like Trazon will be ready next year to step into Juwan passes shoes and take the quarterback reins. I think pass may have the opportunity to play another year. We'll see what happens with that. You can go to Tony Mullins. Tony Mullins has been putting up stats all season. All season. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. He had a rough end to the season yesterday. I believe it's potentially a broken ankle or some type of ankle injury that he suffered towards the end of the game. But a step in and slot receiver is going to be, uh, I think, uh, Jalon Howard. Howard's had uh, quite a lot of activity through the season. We, we're we stacked at receivers, are big guys. What do y'all think about Treshaw Smith? Treshaw Smith stepped up and took Story Jackson's role, I think, at the LB spot. That's going to be a tough placement right there, man. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we had we had some we had a good crop of seniors in this crop. Like you said before, Joe, is the group of seniors that really ushered in this new era of Prairie View football where, you know, just because we get down in a game doesn't mean we are out of a game. So. Yeah, I think we're going to miss a lot of these guys because it's their leadership and they're stepping into that that new era that uh, has really made a difference, I think, this year, which is why our season is not over today. Yeah. You know, one one big miss, one big loss. And if you don't look at the line of scrimmage, you don't even know. But Danny Garza, offensive yeah. line, man. Yeah. Danny Garza. That's going to be a huge loss, man. Not only is he a big dude, but he got attitude. He nasty. Like, we have some other big dudes (laughs) on the line of scrimmage, but they nice big dudes. They ain't nasty big dudes. It does you no good to be big and nice. (laughs) Yeah, he's the one that that tossed that guy at at homecoming, (laughs) and they had to call back that big play. And he looked around, Jawan got in his face, and he was like, look, man, this is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think a potential yeah. replacement for him is Angel Lopez. Him and uh, uh, another guy, true freshman, uh, that we bought in. So we have some big, some big guys, uh, fresh true freshmen. The the I guess the litmus test is going to be if they can play with attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To replace Danny Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I got one more for y'all. Well, Your okay. boy. Dino, Darius Campbell. Dino. Oh, man. Guerrero. Yes, sir. We losing him. <laughs> man. Yeah, we're going to miss Dino. He's a friend of the show. Uh, I hope he sticks around the program because that guy's, his energy is infectious. So exactly. I, I, really, yeah. I really like his style yeah. of play. Yeah, man. Yes, That's the big part. The attitude. Dino, Dino, like a little dog in the yard, he going to bark and he going to bite you, too, if you progr- if you provoke him. Yeah. And uh, his attitude, <laughs> you know, it co- it jumps off the field, man. It's been jumping off the field all season. He is definitely a team leader and he gets everybody's mind right. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, yeah, man. So here we go, man. We got fortunately we have one week left of the season. Well, I won't even say that we have life for another week in the season. It's, it's, it's time to go one and oh, once again. Uh, it's all hands on deck as we head over to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. To you gotta go sip. to the sip. Gotta go to the sip. <laughs> I'm the sip. Are y'all excited? What, 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 how you feeling? Shoot, I'm ready for that some little catfish. school in Mississippi. <laughs> Man, oh. it, we want to see what that Jackson is one of those places where you go. It's nice and nasty. You know, it's nice to get over there because they don't treat you real nice. Then you hear some other things. You be like, oh man, it's nasty over here too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so I don't want to get too deep into that conversation because we're going to get into that a little bit later because we got a special guest that's going to join us today. So we save save your cash trash for for later on in the show. We we, (laughs) let's just say one in here for rolling. They say, you know, Alabama say as long as they have Mississippi, they'll never be (laughs) last. Oh, we bringing them all out. Yeah. Today. We bringing them out. Hey, let's just say, let's just roll deep to the sip. Yeah, Get all that's on right. Deck. Let's go. I see the Dallas alumni chapter has a bus going. Houston has a bus going. PV's got some buses going for students. So let's roll. I think folks are going to go, man. But are we talking about this ticket fiasco again? Uh, how they just yes, let's talk about the ticket. I issue. mean, so um, ask we can ask, we can ask friends, you know, I'm just saying, so we know people, right? But how is it? How is it? How is it a stadium? How, how is it a stadium that seats 60,000 allows only 500 <laughs> tickets? And oh, by the way, they send a complimentary email. If you want some reserve tickets, click the link and tell us how many you need. That don't mean you're gonna get them. That's, that's exactly what I. That's hey, exactly hey. how I read that, Mike. Click here and we'll see what all, we can do for you. All, <laughs> we'll I can can say, all I can say is if it were, if the game was gonna be at PV, we would have gave them fifty tickets. I hope so. Yeah. That's that's the way I would have played it too. So well played, Jackson State. Well, yeah, played. they did it. I'm I'm you know, I'm, I'm hey. hating. Oh, but yeah. still, I'm hating too. I'm, <laughs> I'm hating. All our PV I'm fans. Alan said 50 tickets. I like 50. that. Yeah, Look, we, I, that's all they game I doubt they would have got 50. I think they would have been sold out day one. Hey, um, we wouldn't have no, sent they, out they'd the have been sitting, They'd have been sitting up here. on that. They, 
We were so to to that heel up there under the scoreboard. Right, uh, right. Mike, Mike, we did like they did back in church. We would pull out of them folding chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overflow. We selling the overflow only. Exactly. <laughs> overflow only left. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Hey, but we're more hospitable than that. We, we'd have had some nice folding chairs. I'm no, sure. no, I'm telling you, they would have been sitting on the ground. Like church on the grass. <laughs> hey, can, can, can we have a dose of reality? I'm just saying, have we ever oh. sold? Have we ever sold fifteen thousand? There you, there you, go. There you I'm go. I'm just saying. You're right. You you gonna pull the glass out? Yeah, you all talking yeah. facts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He got the anyway. He I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, man. So let's talk real quick about um, uh, this Omicron variant that just showed up, man. Um, do y'all think that's going to play a role in in football or maybe even the basketball season? I'm tired of pledging COVID. <laughs> Doggone it! We every time we <laughs> can we cross already? <laughs> we we done learned the Greek alphabet. <laughs> no, you can't cross. In the cut, man. <laughs> like you pledging forever. You you on an underground ride. Let me go. Let me cross already. <laughs> and your GPA just went south, man. Uh, for real. <laughs> I hope most of our athletes uh, have gotten vaccinated and it won't be that big of an impact. I see now where uh, a lot of the um, the booster shots are available to uh, anyone who yeah. wants one at this point. So, hey, man, get your vax, get your booster and let's get out. Let's get out. I, I'm I not think ready to shut down. Another I think PSA. it's a whole it's a whole different scenario. Uh, you got this Omicron variant, but we kind of we kind of guns and blazes all in. We all in on this COVID nineteen thing. So you got the booster coming out, but institutions are so already rehearsed on protocols. Um, I think it'll have an impact, but not the impact that it had in twenty twenty. If it has any kind of impact, and go. I think it'll be another two, a couple of weeks before we see any kind of splashes of a significant impact on our institutions. All right, yeah, well, let's leave that there. Let's take not a quick on, break. Tell me, still wear your mask. Wear still your mask. Wear your mask. Even if you vaccinated, yeah. still wear your mask, please. Hey, hey, right quick, we got we got to talk about this this uh the DJ and the sound system. Right quick, that we heard. Saturday. Oh, okay, okay, Joe. <laughs> it was so crazy, <laughs> dude. I heard the music before I even got out the car. I looked up. I say, hey man, what's what? That's different. That's different. Did we get so, new speakers? You mean they got new speakers? I don't know what happened. Something was soundboard? different. Something hey, was plugged me in. <laughs> exactly. Somebody <laughs> discovered the volume and the bass button. Because I think before it sounded like somebody was putting a mic to their t- to their phone and playing it over that. I was like, wait a minute, man, something is wrong. <laughs> but in seriousness, when they put the uh, stadium together, they had the infrastructure uh, that. Uh, provided some acoustics and my understanding for a while for whatever reason they never made the final connections whatever that means but i assume yeah. maybe they did that so All you're right. absolutely right somebody plugged something in huh somebody plugged <laughs> <laughs> top engineering like schools yeah, in the country <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> and it took five years to plug in the right 
cable. Okay. But you know what? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the high on the high side of this one. I'm just glad somebody listened. Thank you for listening because we have been saying it was bad. So thank you, whoever listened and went and found that cord and plugged it in. All right, down. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to break down the game. Second and five. First the hole up the middle and breaks free. The 20, the 10. Touchdown, Prairie View. And it is Tristan Wallace. And we are back. Let's talk football. Who are your offensive standouts? Who you got? Well, it was a rough well, outing. <laughs> one person. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a whole lot of standouts. We'll just say, you know, Juwan Pass had a, a tough outing in, in my estimation. We are accustomed to him coming out slow and then lighting it up in the second half. We really didn't see that. He was 21, 21 of 36 for 217 yards and two interceptions. Uh, in the second half, he was running for his life. I don't know what happened with the offensive line, but uh, he didn't have a whole lot of time to throw. And when he did have time to throw, his accuracy was off, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Tony Mullins had eight catches for 96 yards. Uh, the true freshman, again, Jaden Stewart had three touchdowns. Again, doing his best to lock yep. up that job. Jay Stu. Yeah. Jay Stu yeah. has locked it Man, up. He I want to hear Stu every time he touched the ball. Stu. Man. Ahmad <laughs> Antoine had some carries, too, and he he's, he looks good whenever he touches the ball. Defensively, Drake Cheatham, 14 tackles on them boards. Man, Drake, yeah. Drake if it's a game, he coming to play. He gonna play on the field he gonna, enough. He gonna play. But that's that's a little bit of bit of concern. I think you pointed it out. What really concerned me about this game, and I think they'll wake up next game, but the offensive defensive line did not get any push. Yeah. Um nope. so yeah, you got the three touchdowns by Stewart, he's doing this thing, but if you look at total yards, we only we ran for less than hundred yards. Yeah, that's that's not where we yeah. are with a yeah. team when we want to have the balance and being able to pass and then defensively. You know, not having Dumas, uh, we know what he brings. That was significant, and you can yeah. tell from the defensive line. They were able to run the ball. They ran the ball for 20 yards. Yeah. You don't have that offensive-defensive line play. I don't care what team you are, how athletic your quarterback, you're in trouble, and you're just asking folks to make plays. And I think that's going to go a long way on Saturday. I think they'll be ready to play, so they'll be back at it. But that was my biggest concern this past weekend. Well, we obviously played down to the competition. Most of our starters were in the game. I, I've seen some, you know, Facebook boards and every other things where uh, a PV alum assumed that we pulled our starters. No, we did not. There were a couple guys well, who were hurt. In the second play. half, we had some. Well, oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, hold up. I, I don't know if I agree with you because I, as much as I talk about Mississippi Valley, they do have a very tough defense. So I don't know if we played down. Maybe we just didn't play to our capability. Uh, we didn't. We we definitely lost the, the the war of the trenches. But just holistically, we didn't have any punch. If you look at the body language of the players, we didn't have any punch on either side of the ball this game. So there was there was a, a lack a lack of a sense of urgency. So I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the weather. It was something. But we lost the war of the trenches, as Dr. Cavill alluded to. But we gave. We gave Mississippi Valley all kinds of opportunity, and they capitalized on it. So, and they have a very opportunistic defense. So, I don't know if it's playing down to them because their defense is pretty good. I will give them that. Well, well let's say this: the, the, the say switch this. in tone that Mike has for Valley from the beginning of the season <laughs> to now. Yeah, all I can remember is Valley. 
Valley. We're talking about Valley. <laughs> but, but remember, still, Valley <laughs> is working on limited scholarships. So I, I, my assumption could be wrong, but when I say we played down, I just cannot believe from what we saw, there was no push. Offensively, offensive line got dominated. Defensively, we had no pass rush. They ran the ball when they wanted to. I have to make the assumption that we did not come with our A game and we played down the competition like we've done this season. It, it wouldn't be the first time when when we can make the statement that we did not come with our A game and, and kind of played down the competition. Too much. I, I have to go with Mike a little bit. I, I push back on that a little bit. Uh, and maybe it's just a we play on word with terminology. But if you really have watched Valley all year long, Valley has played certainly for a half really well against teams. I mean, and they, they've done that at home, not as well on the road, but they've done that. Jackson State had to make a big play at the end of the game to win that game. Fam, you had to have the running back slip not to lose that game. These are supposedly the yeah. top two teams, and I'm talking about in quarter stats or whatever. This is what Valley did. So I think if we're not careful, we start to look at people's past resume and associate that with they are versus really looking at the metrics, as as Mike would say, the data points of really uh, understanding what a team is. And just when you say a team is scholarships, really that usually hurts you is when the second half, uh, when you talked about it. And that's actually when we started making our comeback. And they were able to get that push being ahead, and they held on in regards to doing that. But usually people's front players, they're as talented as everybody in the conference. It's your depth when you – Flip people in and out is when you get in trouble when you don't have a scholarship. All right, so we we need to turn it on. There there might have been some apathy because on paper the game didn't necessarily mean anything yeah. this week. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. absolutely. That's, week, that's what that's a, another data point. <laughs> yeah, we cannot come out slow against a good team and expect to be in the game in the fourth quarter. You just we have to come out firing on all cylinders. So. I don't know if they need to change the diet back up or, or, or you know, we need <laughs> to go practice on the grass the field in system. the mud or <laughs> what's going on. But <laughs> That turkey. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. What did you say, was, that trip to van? That, that trip to van was still working, Jack. <laughs> yeah, Joe didn't ask where they're going to eat, where they're going to treat them well. It looked like they might have ate too well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will say, though, on a, on a positive note, the swag is strong. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good thing for everybody. The, you know, yeah. we don't like the outcome, but at the end of the day, dang, every team in the SWAC can play. And it's just it's fun to watch these SWAC, these very highly competitive SWAC games week after week after week. Yeah, and I, yep. I was impressed towards the Get tail end of the season. Those who were at the bottom of the their divisions were fighting not to be last. You saw Bethune-Cookman make a push. You saw Alabama State make a push. You saw Grandma just win the uh, Bayou Classic yesterday. You know, you saw Valley just yeah. put them things on us yesterday. So there is no give up in the swag. You pulling in some dogs every week. So you got to come with it. Yep, right. well said. All right, with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Meet Me at the Flagpoles.
And we are back with Meet Me at the Flagpoles. This week, we have a special guest. We've got from the pregame show from Jackson State University, our brother, Charles Bishop. What's up, Doc? What's going on, fellas and, and, and ladies? How are you all doing? Doing Everybody's good, good man. Good. Everybody's good. We we saved awesome. our cash yeah. trash talk because we knew you were going to join us today. So <laughs> Roland pulled the hat out early. Usually Roland don't put the hat on, but he pulled the hat on early. Let's say Charles coming. Let me let me double payroll up. See? <laughs> I was about to say looking like a straight Neo double payroll. Yeah, man. We double up. <laughs> so Charles, nice. y'all excited over there in Jackson, bro? Uh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, it has been a, a long time coming. Uh, it's been literally since 2013, since Jackson State has been uh, in the SWAG championship. But if you know anything about this fan base, this is a rabid fan base that really uh, loves and adores Jackson State. And and it extends beyond just uh, Jackson State itself. It's the Jackson community. Uh, when Jackson State football is up and rolling, uh, it is a different city. There's a palpable buzz in the city. Uh, and like Prime says, everybody makes money. It is a fun time. And uh, you guys yeah. will get an opportunity to see that up close next week. Uh, I think we got to see it up close when the tickets went on sale and they crashed the Ticketmaster website in the first three minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was excited for that. When they said Ticketmaster crashed, oh, I was like, man. oh, here we go. Well, yeah, actually... I mean- that wasn't I'll Jay State it. buying because Jay State fans was waiting in line because they didn't right. exactly have that service fee. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's so much excitement. They're literally waiting in line uh, around the corner at the uh, ticket office. So I think tickets uh, be on sale again this upcoming week. So uh, everybody's just really excited. They're really, uh, if you did not believe in the spring, uh, probably somewhere around late September, early October, all the believers somehow found the bandwagon. So it, it was it was on and going from there. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, going into the season, I, my biggest question mark was going to be a true freshman quarterback coming in and playing in the SWAC with the new addition of uh, FAM U, you know, because you guys opened up an Orange Blossom Classic against FAM. And that was my biggest question mark. But Shadir Sanders has shown himself to be uh, kind of the real deal like we've got Jawan Pass on our side who came in you know we 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 knew he was going to be good but we had no idea he was going to put up some of the numbers that he put up for us sure I mean that's a fair assessment I mean he is a true freshman uh but uh I told everybody from the beginning uh that Shador is different uh they call him grown for a reason he is mature beyond his years uh he's neither neither too up neither too down uh he stays at a steady uh, sort of uh, even keel throughout the game. And that's just the way he approaches the game. And, <clears throat> and the thing that really jumps out about you, we've had a, an opportunity to really see him up close is uh, he really studies film. He is a workaholic, uh, staying sometimes until the wee hours of the morning, just pouring over film. But uh, And that's just something different that you don't normally see out of an 18-year-old. Uh, he really has uh, sort of been groomed to be quarterback one. We call, call him quarterback one, but uh, he has definitely been groomed to be QB one. All right, all right. Is, is he uh, – I know he has the younger sister who's actually looking at playing basketball at uh, Jackson State. But is he the baby of the boys? Yeah, he is the baby of the boys. He's the baby of Deion Jr. Uh, then there's, of course, uh, Shiloh, and then there's Shador. Okay. And that's usually how it works. The baby is the one. The baby oh, right. is yeah. the one. <laughs> uh, now, so, 
So, so full disclosure. So Charles was at our game uh, against Mississippi Valley, uh, mm. doing some insider recognizance work. <laughs> of course, and it's no pads out of everything. He over yep. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we offered him to come to the suite. He came for like five minutes. Later. He went upstairs to the media room, went to do interviews. I was like, what? I had to do recon. I had to do recon. Yep, had to do recon. <laughs> so from your estimation, I know you, I, I'm sure you had your eye looking at that line of scrimmage just like everybody else and, and noticed um, that Valley was, was right there with us. Uh, when taking in consideration your defensive studs that y'all bought in, uh, how do you see your defensive line measuring up against our defense, our offensive line? Well, I think that's um, when you start kind of taking a look at um, uh, check marks. I think that's definitely a check mark for Jackson State uh, in terms of their defensive line going against a uh, previous offensive line. I sort of like, you know, how we look going against most offensive lines. So it's, I don't think it's any slight whatsoever towards Purdue, but I just, for the most part, think that our, our front seven has been able to control games for the most part throughout the season. It doesn't, doesn't matter whose offensive line. Uh, these guys really fly after the quarterback. But the first thing's first, and, and, and Coach Dennis Thurman will tell you, you stop the run, everything else becomes relative. You know, we, we get to dictate the game. So the first thing for Jackson State's defense will be stopping the run, stopping Jaden Stewart. That, that's going to be huge, stopping uh, LaDamia Brooks, stopping Ahmad Antoine, being able to control Prairie running game. And then that's when you get an opportunity to hopefully put uh, Juwan Pass into some third and, and down situations to where you can really uh, pin your ears back and come after him. Hey, Charles, how you doing? Scotty, how you doing? Good to see you. You too. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think that was a great assessment you just gave as far as the, the keys to the game and, and players to watch. Uh, recently, an article was shared with us from Coach Sanders talking about uh, just giving thanks about whoever made our schedule because, you know, of the strain that it puts on the players and the fans. And um, I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. Well, I, I think it helps. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, when you take a look and, and you have uh, Texas A&M on the back end of your schedule when you're playing an FBS team uh, toward the back end of your schedule, and then uh, you have a tough, always scrappy Mississippi Valley State team, a team that will fight you for all four quarters. I think it's just one of those things. This is another check mark uh, that you put over there in the Jackson State column that, you know, I, I, I think over the past couple of weeks, you you see uh, a team that's not as fresh as maybe they were uh, maybe three or four weeks ago. It, it sort of looks as though uh, they've um, been worn down a little bit by the, by the season. But, you know, again, it, you have to go 1-0 this week. I, I'm sure everybody will be up for the SWAC championship game. And I have no doubt uh, Jackson State will get Prairie View's best punch. So I'm looking forward to it. I know how dangerous this team can be. I've watched them all season. So I, I've told all Jackson State fans, cut the crowing out. <laughs> business is business this upcoming week because uh, you're going to see a Prairie View team that uh, you have not seen in prior years' history. Uh, this is a team that can run the ball very well. They throw the ball extremely well. I believe you, they are all they're up in the upper echelon of the offensive statistics. But it's on the defensive side of the ball that really stands out for me with Prairie View. Indeed, yeah. and we coming for you. We coming. I know. I know. <laughs> Looking forward. Well, to I, I have a question for you that's a little more philosophical. You always talked about this when a unicorn shows up at your door. 
referencing uh, Coach Prime, as they like to say, affectionately on that side of the, um, the SWAC uh, in terms of that. This is a matchup that happens to feature a coach that has literally grown up in the SWAC with Coach Doolin. I mean, from top to bottom. And was promoted throughout the SWAC to HBCUs, won championships in that. But now you have a coach that has come from the outside and has breathed, frankly, a lot of life, no doubt, in the Jackson State University. But many would say into the SWAC as well as HBCU sports. What are your thoughts in terms of this being a determining factor, as Mike would say, data point in regards to that component of it? Will other SWACs go after these unicorns? We may have seen that somewhat Alabama State professional player. He happens to be connected with the SWACs too, so he kind of splits it. Um, but then you have obviously Grambling looking for a coach, Southern looking for a coach. What are your thoughts on that? I think you, you have to kind of take a look at that in terms of uh, everyone sort of replicates success. Uh, and I, I did uh, refer to Coach Prime as a unicorn. It is some something different. You don't get uh, an NFL Hall of Famer that shows up on your doorstep and says, I want a coach. And, and not only that, but Coach Prime came in with a complete philosophy, a plan, because this was something that he really wanted to do. This was his calling, so to speak. Uh, so he really came in and presented a complete philosophy, a complete platform for Jackson State fans to really get in behind. So I, I think if you're an athletic director, you definitely, you, you sort of take a look and see, is this uh, the, the blueprint of something that we want to replicate? I am someone who grew up within, you know, the HBCU uh, uh, stratosphere and really watching coaches come through the ranks. I, I always uh, continuously try to promote the uh, coaches that have been around HBCU ranks and, and the sister coaches, especially. So it, it's, it is a battle of philosophy, if you will. But I, I think uh, you will get some who, you know, will be, quote unquote, traditional and look towards those coaches who have been around the uh, HBCU stratosphere. But you're going to have some that will start to think a little bit about the outside the box and you are starting to hear, you know, just names that you undoubtedly would not associate with HBCU football that are, you know, guys that might be interested in uh, potentially coaching. So referendum one is on the ballot box. There we go. Uh, very, very much so. Very much so. <laughs> there we yeah. go. So, 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 Charles, what I need to know, man, you know, we heading to Jackson this weekend. Where is the best place to get that catfish from the sip? Oh, here we Let me Let me tell you something. Let me uh, – and, and this is one thing that you're going to come across with Jackson. They, as there is a – you throw a rock, there's going to be some fish places. Okay. And one of the first ones that jumps out, there's a place called Eddie Ruby's. Uh, snack bar that is around the corner from Jackson State, uh, normally around homecoming. Uh, it's another party over there at Ruby's. I mean, it's like seriously <laughs> a line getting in over there. Everybody wants that experience uh, of getting some Eddie Ruby's, but uh, it's so many great fish places. I'm talking fish sandwich. I mean, you know, two pieces of fish and fries and some bread, and you're ready to go, you know, uh, or dinner. Bread. Yeah, light bread. You know, you get light bread. <laughs> light bread. Oh, you know, exactly. <laughs> light bread. Light bread with the hot sauce. 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 Light bread
not only is is but they're known for the pig ear sandwich. Uh, so if you're into hey, trying you something, you little, little, too tall going far. You just can't be well enough alone. You gotta go <laughs> hey, to the pig pickle, pig ears. I promise you, it, it tastes just it like could, sausage. Could you just leave us with the kid feet. <laughs> 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 uh, even yourself a little bit for that. It, it is so many great places uh, to to eat there, and of course, uh, guys, when you got an opportunity to come for homecoming. Uh, you got one of the places, uh, Johnny T's, of course. That uh, Johnny uh, T's. Yeah, we will be going back to Johnny T's. Very much so. Very great food, great yeah. food over there. And I, and I mean, it's it's so great many, food. Uh, I, for, bre- for breakfast, there's a place called Sugars. Uh, I mean, I definitely recommend them. You know, in Sugar. terms of yeah, getting some 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 great breakfast. But I mean, you will not go wrong in terms of coming to Jackson, Mississippi, and finding somewhere to go eat. You you can throw a rock and you can get somewhere that you're gonna really love. And I hadn't even touched the Soul Food spot. See, and so it. Panther fans, you heard it here on the 1876 Sports and Culture podcast. We going to Jackson. We are gonna screw up our lipid panels before the end mm-hmm. of this year. Yeah, and then we are gonna have to get on that Daniel fast come January first. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The cholesterol uh-huh. number is gonna be on. There's one. <laughs> There's one point you can't miss. We we hit the Jackson State homecoming. And uh, if you're talking about the tailgating top five, I think I said it on Dr. Cabilza. They moved up in my top three of tailgating. So Uh-oh. if Panthers, if you come in the tailgate, you're going to have to bring your game. You have to bring it strong because they tailgate seriously like we do on the yard. They tailgate at Jackson State like that. Yeah, trying, like that. I'm trying to tell people, if you, if you got 40,000 that's inside the stadium, it's another 10,000 that's doing some serious yeah. tailgate outside yeah. the stadium. So, I mean, they, they do it big at the crib. They do it big. Well, all right, all right. You know, we appreciate uh, you joining us, Charles. So those who don't know, Charles Bishop is featured twice a week on the inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Catch them on YouTube. They stream live on Facebook. And uh, Charles, it's a pleasure to have you here, bro. We look forward to uh, this game coming up this weekend. And somebody is going to Atlanta. Yeah, somebody's going to Atlanta. Um uh, do you want me to give you the restaurants in Atlanta? Because I'm quite familiar oh, with them there, see, too. There you so go. There you go. I do need to. We already got a Atlantean. We need to. I would say this. I'm going to answer like this. Yes, we want it because we plan to be in Atlanta. So we need yep. it. Yeah. We got one more important question. This is the most important question, in my opinion. Will the same bruh who said the prayer prayer homecoming will he <laughs> Leave say the that. prayer? I'm sure it's a lot of people requesting Rem Sutton. Rem Sutton is a, a former Jackson State player, and when I say he lives and breathes uh, Jackson State football and the Lord, they go hand in hand. So, uh, <laughs> oh. so, so you saw it with the prayer during homecoming. I mean, if, if that was the most up, non-biased prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the most non-biased prayer I've ever heard in my life. But it had me ready to go suit up. I think Jesus Christ himself had a Jackson State Letterman jacket on after that prayer. So I think he I, did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, All right, right. I want to mention before before I get out here, definitely uh, my my partner, myself, uh, Neil. We do the pregame show. We get an opportunity uh, to bring you. Uh, uh, 
live content during the course of the game where we actually talk to the players like right when things are happening and we uh, stream before um, all Jackson State football games. So I want to make sure that I get that in there. The, the pregame show, you can catch us on our YouTube channel, uh, all social media outlets uh, with uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We're always putting out content. That's V with two E's. Yes. V with two E's, the pregame show, Neely and Charles Bishop. All right. Well, yep. Charles, we look forward to seeing you on Friday, bro. We're going to go and sip one and burn one, all right? No doubt. All I'll right. be the official tour guide if you need me. There it is. In a minute, bro. <laughs> all right. No doubt. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk some band. And we are back. Shanetta, they were in the stands this weekend and they had on all black. Yeah, and, and kudos to them for performing in front of those 10 people. So um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they did a yeah. pretty decent show for in you the all rain. know how they was in the rain. Yeah. In the rain. <laughs> they were playing in the rain. <laughs> I saw you. So of course, yes, the talk this week has definitely been the protest. And w- what I wanted to do, I thought about it how I wanted to open up this segment. I said I was going to start with this story, right? And so I entered PV in fall of 1992. And when I got to PV, you know, I'm a young band student. The uniform situation was atrocious. I don't know know if you all remember, but the box and the tubas used to wear those gold warm-ups. Okay. The but it was a re- the reason was we didn't have enough uniforms. Hey, we also didn't have enough thing. bottoms. We didn't have enough bottoms, so people were out there with navy pants with mask and tape tape down the side of their leg. Okay, because we didn't have uniforms. Homecoming nineteen ninety two. You go back and find an old VHS tape. You'll hear us chanting, "We need uniforms." Okay, we always talk about how we used to be out there at two a.m. and three a.m. It wasn't because we wanted to. It was because we didn't have a band camp. Prairie View would not fund for us to have a band camp. So we would have to, in two weeks, bring freshmen who had never worked with Prairie View before, never marched, learn the dance, learn the, the routine, um, learn stand music in two weeks to get ready for Labor Day Classic. So if you remember in 1993, we protested. We didn't perform Labor Day Classic. Okay? Because we were, prof said, I will not do that to my students. They need a band camp. Also in 1993, we were supposed to go perform at Southern. And the band students said, you know what? We need uniforms. We will not go perform. Save that money for uniforms. We also gave up our band stipends. The students, we gave up our band stipends to get uniforms. You get where I'm going with this. We made some sacrifices to get what we needed. Okay. We also had, if you remember, we brought Jade the trio, R&B trio J, to the Baby Dome for a fundraiser, right? Because we needed to raise money. We needed to raise money to get uniforms. So fast forward to fall 1994, we had a band camp, and we got new uniforms, okay? Self-funded. Okay, so I, I went to change.org. I saw the petition. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about again, 
the marching storm. They're they're protesting. If you look at the description on change.org, um, basically they feel that the storm is not a priority of PVAMU. Um, they have some demands. I don't want to say demands. They have some requests. Um, one of it is a ban hall to facilitate the entire and I think that's that's adequate. Okay, um, rooms, facilities for the black boxes and the in the flag core. That that sure. Um, they want an indoor temporary space until the new band hall is is built. Okay, I, that one there is kind of huh. I thought they had that already in the plan um, for a new band hall. I thought that was a. Uh, I'm of, not sure. Yeah. I didn't see it in the, in the capital request. I went, I went through the appropriations request and I did not see it in there for 22, 23 or through 25. I didn't see it in yeah. there for a ban. Yeah. Really? Evidently, the elevator is broken also in Hobart. They want that fixed because they're having to go up and down with the instruments, uniforms, cases of water. That's that understandable. A, um, they a want this tuba. <laughs> Shouty. Yeah. <laughs> Shouty. Shouty. The, the university may say, hey, you stand up all game with it. Surely you can carry downstairs. Oh, but um, they also want the uniforms, media equipment, uh, increase in the scholarship budget, Hobart to be renovated. Right. And, and that's fair. Um, but what I would encourage people to do is go to YouTube and do a search on PVAMU National Alumni Association one day virtual conference. It was uploaded July 27, 2021. And I want you to fast forward to one hour and 45 minutes in when President Ruth Simmons is asked, answering the question when someone asked about the band funding, okay? You will hear her say, it was a 5% cut. I don't know where 70%, and I'm not saying they're lying. I've just never seen any evidence that 70% was cut. Ruth Simmons says 5% was cut, and that was cut across all programs, not just the band. And I she can confirm says, that. That was confirmed. It was a statewide request for all public universities to cut their budgets by 5%. And I've got the appropriations request where they were asking for that 5% back. Yeah. Yeah. So so you hear her say that five percent, not 70. She also says that they have what they need for ongoing operations. She understands that they're popular. They're going to get asked to do a lot of things. They just don't have the funds to do everything. OK, she talked about that the band actually has more to wait tuition waivers than any other program, including the academics at Prairie View. OK, so they again, that's not saying that they have all, but they at least have more. In addition, she said that they cannot. And this is the key thing here. They cannot spend state money on the band. Yeah. OK. And so she ends it with fundraising. You've got to raise funds. And so, like I told you all earlier in a group text, the band is the largest student organization on campus, which means we have a ton of alum, okay? Thousands of alum. But if we simply, out of, out of thousands of alum, if we, if we could just get a thousand of us, just give $25 a month, there's $300 per alum. That would be $300,000 a year. Yep. It's, it's, it's a capital campaign. 
thing. It's a capital Amen. campaign. It's, math. Simple yeah, math. It's, it's simple math. Yeah. So, and here's the thing for grins. I got my master's from AM and Commerce. I went on their website today and looked their band. Their band, you have to pay to be in their band. Okay. In addition to that, they have fundraisers. They have a capital campaign. So fundraising that she's asking for you to do, it's not new to the AM system. So that's all I'm going to say. I, I think that I, I understand the frustration. I, I get it. I, I, I've, I've looked at all of the comments and, you know, I, I think it's a far cry to to try and compare what's being done for engineering students versus what's being done for the band. I, I think that's she is an act. She is about academics and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right, Shanetta. And the thing that I think gets missed in this is the state of Texas is looking to move to outcome based funding. Right now, there's a formula for uh, certain funding, but if they move to outcome based funding, that that's almost like going to an APR approach that athletics has. So when we have students where where only 30 to 40 percent of our students are graduating within four years, you can imagine what that impact would be if your money was tied to that. Not that our students don't come back and finish in five and sometimes six years, right. but if the money is tied to being done in four. Yeah. It, yeah, just an engineering major. Most engineering majors say, the engineers take five gonna... years, unless yeah. you go to yeah. some five year program. Engineering and architecture are considered five year programs. So, so then... I think there are some other other factors that have to be considered before you jump out and 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 with a protest without um, without framing it properly. Yeah. I, I, I understand the activism yeah. and we've got an activist in residence that they probably should consult uh, <laughs> because you've got to frame it and your ass should be very simple and you should know exactly what it would take to do it. You can't say we want a new facility. Well, how much is that? Um, well, you have to talk to somebody. No, get a number just like a church building fund. Give me the thermometer, the whole yes. capital campaign. <laughs> we know how yes. much we need. That's what we did for the yeah. stadium. Yeah. Am I right? Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, Al. I applaud the effort, but they played with clarity this this past Saturday. Did I not hear Shanetta say we didn't play? They I've never heard the band play this loud and be on cue this much. And I was like, if you're gonna protest, protest. <laughs> that wasn't a protest. Look, man, everything was jiving that day. The DJ, the band, I was I was excited. I said that we had some point. fans. We'd been on point. <laughs> yeah. I, what what I want to make sure we don't do is is uh overly criticize and point fingers towards what are essentially kids. Let's remember that. These are some teenagers who are complaining about and asking to rectify a situation that was created by adults. So let's just take a step back. Hobart Taylor is a trash dog. Let's be real. If you haven't been inside Hobart Taylor, it is insanity. The conditions that those band members have to practice and play in, essentially spend most of their college career in Hobart Taylor. And that's why the Uh, Naval ROTC moved out of there. (laughs) Exactly. So the previous administration, President George Wright and his infinite wisdom, uh, he put a goal. He put his priority on saving money and he deferred maintenance 
Uh, Hobart Taylor was one of those items where it was deferred maintenance. So I believe he was in he was in his position for 13 years or so. Or so. That was the, a decision that was made. So we're not talking about replacing Hobart. We're just talking about maintenance. When you go back, when you go to the statement that the elevator's broken, that we shouldn't have that's a broken a elevator. Issue. Yeah, that, you know that that's a maintenance on your elevators. That that's a maintenance yeah. cost. So. Yeah. You know, these are issues that were created or allowed to fester by adults. I just want to make sure we don't overly criticize the kids who are bringing this to light. And it's not something that just occurred this year. This is has been a systemic issue with the band members feeling uh, underfunded and underappreciated for years. Now, you can criticize how they go about uh, voicing their concerns, but it's real concerns. And should they should a capital campaign uh, be waged? Absolutely. That is the direction that this needs to go. I'm curious to know if the adult leaders of the marching storm, where where are they at with this, with guiding the band members and uh, requesting the financial support from the yeah, university or yeah. from alumni? Great question. And I wanted to elevate that one more. And as you said, children, I, I refer to them as young adults because that's where they are. So part of that maturation that you're talking about, Shanetta talking about is on both sides. It's also part of young adults understanding that they are in a position uh, and control some power. But if you're going to do that, you have to speak with power. But furthermore, when you talk about administrator, I don't want to just put it at the steps of um, the president, past, current. You're talking about legislative decisions in terms of deferred maintenance. A president is not going to just defer maintenance because they want to. It's because they're not getting allocated funds. And we know this from Texas Southern University to Prairie View A&M University or other HBCU public institutions around this country that we've never been treated as equal. So if we don't point a finger at adults, the adults that we need to point the finger at is at the legislative bodies in these states that have yeah. Uh, created deficits and not funded institutions properly, not because they didn't have the revenue to do it. It's because they made a choice uh, to oh, make sure that some those. institutions are not funded appropriately. So I want to put that final pin on that. And yeah, this is Dr. Yadakovia. Yeah. No, I, I told Harley agree, which is why I said I'm thinking alums. I think alums could fix this. <laughs> And, and it's more, I, I applaud what uh, Chris, you know, Williams and the Band Alumni Association is doing. But $75 annually, this, that's not going to get it. So it, it has to be, again, something as small as $25 a month could go such a long way. And I was so afraid when we got that $50 million because I just knew everyone was going to say, that's it. That's it. Let's take care of everything. That's it. You got the money. Do something. And, and that's just not how it works. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, again, I, I would just challenge. I know when Chris was on the show, he said he was working with Office of Development. I really hope they can quickly get that set up. And at that point, it just becomes a marketing tool for us to get the word out to get people to donate to it. Because, again, I'm using very small numbers, a thousand people, three hundred thousand dollars a year that takes care of, a, if not all these things on this list. And so, again, but I do think that everyone has a role to play. I started this segment with what the what we did as band students, and we could even take this even further with the students when when 
TV did not have football scholarships. It was the students who agreed to an increase in their student fees so that the football team could have scholarships. So again, I'm just I'm pointing out what these children or kids, as you say, or young or young adults can also do to help in this situation. Well, I got one more kid that got to come through there, so I don't want no more fees added. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I really hope, you know, the alums that's listening can just, let's just do the capital campaign. I, I, I just think it's a no-brainer. It, it should be. It's a resounding yeah. theme. Every department, we need to raise money. We are, we're, we're yes. not what we need to be in terms of our giving numbers, so. Right. And and again, yep. I, I went, I go and I look at AM, I look at AM Commerce, you know, they have huge endowments, way yep. more than we do, but yet their yep. alums are still giving money. And we just Absolutely. need to that we need to understand that this is culture. Educate the alums on where that all those donations that they see, like that 50 million plus, they need our alum base needs to be educated on how those funds are allocated. And they need to understand that those checks that are being cut cannot go to sports or the band. Get it out of your heads that that money can go and be used for those activities. They cannot. Yeah. We need your money. There we go. Period. And we're going to leave it there. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk a little basketball. Inside to Warima, and she's going to lay it off the glass, and it's good. Gotti Warima, preseason All-American. And we are back, and we are here to talk some basketball. Gotti, it's been a rough one for the men. It's like 0-7. I'm ready for them to come home. Can we get a home game somewhere, please? I know, I know, right? Just not quite yet, unfortunately, but I feel the exact same way. Also, the women are struggling this week, too. This is just that time of the season and preseason where it's just tricky, where you're working out the kinks, but you're playing athletes who have more resources than than us. You know, the same things we're talking about, but um, nevertheless, we have several bright spots pushing through on both the men and the women's side. So let me tell you about them. On the women's side, we'd had four games in the last two weeks, and the ladies have really progressed every game since then. First, and down in New Mexico, we lost by 17, but we had Diana Rosenthal, who had a great game, 18 points, five rebounds. Geraldine Smith, who was a bright spot in these last four games, just period, had 16 points and 10 rebounds. And we're going to talk more about her because she had some honors for her play these last several weeks. Barbara Brinson, our graduate student, gave us 12 points that game. So three players in double digits consistently in the last four games, that's going in a really positive direction, especially since we've been struggling with scoring. A little bit more of that during the Portland State game, um, November 20th, we lost it by 14, but Geraldine Smith again came with an amazing performance, 25 points and 12 rebounds. Diana Rosenthal gave us 14, and then Kennedy Paul, um, good to see some production from her, gave us 10 points and nine rebounds. From Portland State, we went over to Portland U, and um, there we had Geraldine Smith again with 13 points and seven uh, seven boards. Kennedy Paul gave us a double with 11 points. Diana Rosenthal, 10 points and seven boards. We walked away from that one. Pretty tough loss by 26. But then the ladies came and 
fought hard versus Wichita State on the 23rd, losing by 15th. But we had production completely off the bench. And then the starters, we had four players in double digits with Barbara Benson, 19 points, Diana Rosenthal, 12 points and six uh, boards. And then the Kennedys showed up, Kennedy Paul and Kennedy Hurd having 11 points respectively. So we didn't walk away with the victories, but we walked away with a stronger sense of who we are as a team. And then we had some of the veteran players get a chance to rub off some of the cobwebs, learn how to adjust to the new players that were in there. And uh, we saw some good production. So overall on the women's side, I liked what I saw. So so it looks like uh, we are starting to gear up for the SWAC season come January time. Uh, what, are, what are your predictions for this season uh, for, the, for both the men and the women? Well, that's really hard to tell. I mean, I'm, I'm a very positive person. So what I see just from the play and the constant progression, I think that we'll come out strong and hungry because of such a tough early schedule. When you get to the conference time, you're just excited and you're ready to um, you're ready to make your mark within the conference. And really, um, it's, it starts as a new season. So I'm just looking forward to the familiarity of uh, the SWAC teams and really just seeing how the ladies step up outside of preseason. And then for sure on the men's side, I mean, we've been seeing their schedule playing um, Texas Tech, Grand Canyon. They just came off of playing Loyola Marymount, which was an amazing game, uh, which we fell by three points. But there was 11 um, tie changes in the game, lead changes, excuse me. So we have... Um, some really promising future, especially with the frequency of the games that these gentlemen just got off for them to continue to step up. They started with Texas Tech uh, on the 15th, the Big 12, who's three and all right now and coming off of, you know, some amazing seasons. We had good performances. Juwan Daniels had 10 points and four. Jarrell Roberts gave us 12 points. We need to put more points on the board. I mean, limiting turnovers is really important, taking care of that ball, especially with a team like Tech that is very efficient. But just being more aggressive on the boards, we were outsized, and that was evident by the 38 points in the paint to our 20 points in the paint um, but they put up a really good fight versus tech and and i know uh teams are paying attention and so, then yeah go ahead i was gonna say how many how many wins do you think it's gonna take to to win that that swag this year because i mean we're, we're starting off in this big deficit we're probably gonna go over the first eight or nine does that put the pressure on us that we've got to kind of win out in order to to make some noise here well, it should be more uh, uh, pressure as a team, as an institution, um, but uh, not necessarily because when you go into the SWAC, it's a whole new season. So what we're really doing here is working on our conditioning, working on our speed, understanding the things that we're talking about as far as um, taking care of the paint, because we are going to see some good size in the SWAC. And because we're not one of the bigger, larger teams, we have to know how to mitigate um, that amount of scoring. Um, and then taking care of the three-point line. I think it was for uh, Loyola 
we allowed 17 three-pointers and that really hurt us down the stretch. So really understanding how, what our strengths and our weaknesses are and being able to work on our weaknesses and just uh, continue to increase our strengths. But we are the champs and the targets on our um, head regardless. So this is not gonna be easy. Plus we're coming off of a an unconventional year of a pandemic. So, um, we just need all these players to step up and we're seeing the veteran leadership. Dwayne Cox is giving us, you know, 10 points. We have uh, Juwan Daniels when he's not giving us double figures, Darrell Roberts is, or, um, or other players are stepping up, Williams Douglas. So, you know, I, I'm really impressed by these guys. Like I said, of course, especially because of the frequency. But right now, after the Loyola game, um, they're they're playing on Tuesday, but then they'll get a good nine days off before they um, encounter Boise State and then another significant time off before they take on Wichita. So we'll see the improvement during that gap on how the players are able to adjust going into the conference season with several other games to test us and push us forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how they play with fresh legs because, yeah, it has, like you said, it's been a grind and uh, uh, we are the champs. So let's let's get it done, fellas. Let's get it done. Exactly. All right. we, have, we have faith in them. There we go. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the We Ready Shoutouts. Back with the We Ready shout outs. Joe, who you got? Man, I'm going to shout out to Marching Stone. I think Mike mentioned it earlier. They sounded great yesterday, particularly for a band that was in protest. They came out and they was going at it from the, the opening snap till the end of the game, in the rain, not to mention. They didn't have the opportunity or the luxury to go up underneath the bleachers like the fans did. They sat in the rain all game and blew hard. So my oh, shout out is to the marching storm. They was ready in pro. They was ready. They, they were was ready. ready. All right, Gatti, who you got? I got Gerilyn Smith, uh, the Florida native from Miramar. She averaged double double in the two games um, this past week, putting up sixteen and ten, and then again uh, twenty five and twelve. And so she's a newcomer, but she is bringing coming out the gates hot. And the team is following her. She's proven herself to be an incredible leader, productive on the court, and it's only going to get more and more contagious. So she showed up ready, and she's killing it. She ready. Ready. Rolling. ready. Roland, who you got? Hey, I got to give a shout-out to the University Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe and I pulled over to exchange some uh, paraphernalia that he had bought me from uh, coming from uh, J.C. Peters, I think. And uh, we were surrounded by four police officers. <laughs> Sitting in front of Hobart Taylor. Sitting in front of Hobart Taylor. So uh, Panthers, do not park illegally anywhere on campus because university police, they ready. <laughs> Man, you ain't got to tell me. No I, I, just, I just wrote a check for some $460 for tickets that my kids got on campus, man. That's on top Ooh, of tuition. What? So, yeah, I'm not feeling the police right now. I Ooh. felt the bad boy theme song playing when they pulled <laughs> <laughs> Chief James, <laughs> he ready. Right. I got some other right. words. Uh, right. Mike. 
I'm going yeah, to shut up. I'm going to hush too. I, 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 lost, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, whoever is responsible for the improvements in the sound system, the bass was thumping, the tweeters were tweeting, and it was in conjunction with the band, perfect harmony, whoever. I'm just going to call it sound system person. You get my shout out. You are ready. He right. was ready. He was ready. After right, five Shanetta, years. Shanetta, right. you going to take us out of here? Okay. <clears throat> Baby. You, you know. know. That was good. Yeah. No, no, that was no, not. No, what uh, you was listening to? That was not good. To, we good. That was horrible. Nah. It's not even. It's Are not even worse? worthy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we, I thought so, we were better than that last week. No, yeah. Yeah. This, we took a step back. Last, yeah, yeah. This, forward, this is another I data point. We got to practice off air. Yeah, this is another yeah, data yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, taking us back. I hate practicing in public. All right, we out. All right, all right. Peace. All right. <laughs>